Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. It is a wonderful Monday here in Ottawa. It is Thanksgiving Monday. My brother Scott on the line. Hi, Scotty. Hey, Sean. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, buddy. We spent the day yesterday together. Yeah, eating uh, eating some turkey and some stuffing from a box, you know, uh, like you're supposed to. Yeah, really making the most out of it. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a lovely day, but our mind in the afternoon, Scott, turned to curling because there was a lot going on. There's the event, uh, the Autumn Corner Curling Classic is going on, and unfortunately, the Canadins event has been canceled, the one out there in Portage. I uh, hope everyone is being safe out there in the Winnipeg area. Uh, unfortunately, that event couldn't go forward. A lot of the players were there, and there's been some, under the circumstance, fun updates on social media. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd call them pretty fun, uh, pretty fun, funny stuff. But you're right, you don't think of October and 25 centimeters of snow. No. So, you know, uh, big problems for the power crews out there. Like you say, hope everybody's able to get get everything cleaned up nice and safely and, you know, hope people aren't displaced for too long. Yeah, so hopefully everyone's doing well and that those teams can get out of Portage, Scott, because we have the first Grand Slam event coming up next weekend. It is the Masters after the Elite Ten died a death. Yeah, I, I'm pretty stoked, you know. Uh, we were sitting here watching football yesterday, and I had two TVs out, and I thought, oh, I, I hope there's something else on. And, you know, I couldn't get anything streaming that that was good enough, really, uh, in quality. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this uh, this Grand Slam event. Yeah, so more, the more than usual, you know. Right, yeah, there's, there's more buildup now without the other events. Uh, that you know, without the World Cup this year, without the Elite Ten, this is the first time we'll have curling back on TV. The event is taking place in beautiful North Bay, Ontario, a city where I used to live and did a great job with the Women's World Championships a couple of years ago. But with the Grand Slam coming back, Scotty, not only are our favorite players going to be on the ice, our favorite part of the Grand Slam, which came last year, is coming back. Fantasy curling is here and we are very happy to have with us today scott chu the founder of fantasy curling scott how are you i am in a fantastic mood uh, just <laughs> just because this is happening again yes so so let's let's take it back to the spring and the fantasy curling started was it the champions cup the first one that that is the first event that we did yep so what what was the inspiration about this? We should say to people that your profession is fantasy sports, right? You, you do a lot of baseball. And anyone who follows you on Twitter, which is fortunate for, for Scotty and me that we're big baseball fans. And we can follow you not only for the fantasy curling, but also all your baseball stuff, which is great for us. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what you do. Uh, well, <clears throat> I do do that a lot, and I would love to call it a profession, but it's probably more <laughs> of like my, my side gig. My real profession's much more boring. I work for a bank, but uh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a fantasy writer, and I attended the U.S. Nationals, which took place uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is actually basically where I'm from, and <clears throat> I went the first time because it's like I, I need to be op- open and upfront about this. I know very little about curling. Uh, I it was on my radar a little bit in the last Olympics, and that's because the U.S. news channels were talking about it because someone from the U.S. was doing well. But I I attended uh, with a buddy from work who was kind of like, let's go have some beers and watch curling, which I've found is actually how everybody seems to watch curling, like even <laughs> if they even when they know about it. But we went to the U.S. Nationals, and the first time I went, I was like fascinated. So I went back, and there was the like the championship for the women's event there was between team Roth and team Sinclair, if I believe. And it was awesome. It was like a nail biter. It was down to the finish. Uh, there was great shots both ways. 
And I just remember thinking, like, there has got to be a fantasy curling somewhere. I need to get some skin in the game. I want to I want to try to learn more about this. And the way I learn about things is by is by playing, playing a game. And so I I looked for it and I couldn't find it. And I thought, you know, like, I have a lot of spare time. I'm not very cool. I can try to invent something like this. Uh, so I, you know, I started out and then, of course, I had to be reminded that I don't know anything about curling. So luckily, I found a ton of folks that are into curling are also into baseball. So I got on uh, a group on Facebook called Baseball 365, which is mostly a fantasy uh, group. And I asked people if they knew anything about curling. And lucky enough, uh Two Canadians, which is exactly what I needed, came to my rescue and helped me figure out scoring and helped me kind of put all that stuff together. I came up with a format that's roughly based on daily fantasy sports, uh, which we have for like baseball and football and stuff like that. And I whipped something up, uh, threw it out there, hoping to get like 20 or 25 people. And now here we are. We had 260 people play the first time. Uh, I have no idea how many people we have signed up now, but it has just been a wild ride since then. Yeah, and it's one of these things to where, as we said before we started to record, the, it, it's something that we didn't know that we needed. Um, you know, I've been watching these events forever, and it, it really made it fun. So so talk about the difference, though. So a lot of people would be familiar with, say, a fantasy hockey league or a fantasy football league where you draft players and nobody can have the same players on their team. This is a little different with the daily fantasy where – it's impossible to have it so that people can't have multiple or that, that multiple people can't have the same team with them. So how do you figure out the structure of making sure that you can have this draft, everybody can participate and it's fair? Yeah. So that, that's really one of the, the big challenges, you know, there's only so many teams competing in the event and with the, uh, with the salary cap system that we put in place, we tried to set it up so that there's a lot of strategy that you can try to use and a lot of different ways you can try to build your team using the $40,000 that you have picking three men's and three women's teams. It's great that we can, you keep both of them together too, because that just gives you even more strategy to play with. But uh, the way you really try to make it fair is one, uh, one of the things I like about it, because I don't know much about curling, is that I pick my teams. All I really have to know how to do is count, and I can have a calculator. Uh, I can pick yeah. teams. <laughs> I can pick teams, and then I, then I can just kind of watch, right? I can just watch it, see how I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, so the strategy is what really has to set people apart. And for the people that really, you know, that really want to win, which is in theory, everybody, uh, you have to try to you know, look for teams that you don't think other people are going to are going to play uh, or look for, you know, you'll you know, you look for some of the teams that are low priced and say, hey, you know, I saw them at, at a recent event. I thought they did an awesome job. Uh, I think they were really close. I'm going to give it a shot or, hey, you know, they're the hometown team. And I really kind of believe in what they're doing, even though, you know, they haven't had a great season so far. We're going to go with it or any kinds of analytics that I don't know how to do yet (laughs) (laughs) that that can help you differentiate it. And so, you know, somehow in the you know, we we ran the contest last time we had 260 people and we had actually very few tie scores, Um, Hmm. which sort of indicates that, like, just because you have to pick everyone has to pick six different teams. uh, And there's so many ways to do that that it's going to be, you know, sort of differentiated and it's fair just because, you know, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to know a whole lot. Like I love fantasy baseball, but the barrier to entry is really high. You need to know, you need to know about baseball. You need to know about a lot of different players and you need to do a lot of management. And I love all that stuff. And, you know, maybe one day in the future, there's going to be ways to integrate more of that into fantasy curling. Uh, But for now, you know, I, I just want people to play. I want people to be able to, to get in, jump in, and just give them another reason to maybe watch, you know, to watch some curling that they didn't originally plan on watching. You, know, you might not have planned to watch these two in the group stages, but hey, one of them's on your fantasy team. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I do look forward though to the day where I can propose a trade, uh, Scotty, that I would trade you Caitlin Laws because you need a third, but in exchange I get Lisa Weagle and Joanne Courtney. Oh, so that- to upgrade my front end. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And uh, one of the other things about this uh, that you just mentioned, Scott, it gives people who don't know much about curling a reason to watch. 
to say, hey, this this is one of the teams I picked for my fantasy team. I'm going to watch them and really root hard. Yeah, that's actually uh, I I had to pay some money because I'm I'm here in the states. If you couldn't tell by me not knowing about curling, but <laughs> I, uh, I I paid for it, and you know that was really like they ended up being the first like they'd be the first ones I'd watch. I'd be like, oh 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 oh, I picked you know I picked Team Tiranzoni. I want to watch them. Uh, I didn't because if I did, I would have done a lot better uh, than I did in the in the Champions Cup. But uh, that, you know, that was really a part, you know, as a fantasy player who's, you know, I've done fantasy football, I've done fantasy baseball. Uh, it It's really one of the key features of it in that, you know, people are watching bad football teams play each other in some cases uh, because they have the wide receiver or the quarterback or the running back. Or for baseball, I'm like, well, I, you know, the, the L.A. Angels aren't really doing very well, but, you know, I, I've got Shohei Otani on my team, and I really, you know, I'd love to see what he's doing today, you know, at least, you mm-hmm. know, to watch a little bit. And that's, you know, that's kind of, for me, the really fun part. And I don't know anything, so I can just watch it. And as the score, you know, I, I'm not running the box scores in my head. I don't really know how to read them very well. Uh, but I do know that uh, if they win, I get points. So yay! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, but one of the it, or not problems or one of the things with that though, like with the NFL or or with baseball, you know, you have MLB.tv. You can get Sunday Ticket. You can get those things. With curling, you're still sort of at the behest of the networks of what game they show, right? So if you're sort of need need a team to win in that last draw to make the playoffs, and Sportsnet doesn't show them, it. It kind of could be a bummer, right? I mean, I mean, to me, Sean, a little bit, but uh, that's what Kevin Martin's there for. Give you the, that's true. the yeah. updates the across the sheets. That's true. Yeah, you guys are light years ahead of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we don't curling is on TV once every four years at a predictable <laughs> time, uh, and really, it's only talked about when a team in the states is doing well which was like very fortunate last time but that's about it i mean it also gets some other excitement because people in the states have this like weird fascination with curling because they're like oh the thing with the brooms that's really cool and every time i you know i was just at uh an event called first pitch arizona and it's a place for like big time fantasy geeks who are into fantasy baseball they all get together in arizona we watch fall league games we have presentations we have speakers and i got the chance to talk to a lot of folks in the fantasy industry uh like paul spore and al mechior uh and all these guys i really like and every time i mention curling smiles on their face right they don't know much about curling mm-hmm. they don't watch it much but everyone's like you know a lot of the people like oh yeah i know what that is the the thing on the ice with sweeping and the and the rocks i'm like yeah uh and that's like sort of also been the fun part of fantasy curling is that like you know sort of full circle a reason to watch a reason to to root for something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which can be tough in curling sometimes right especially with these grand slams you know the in the national championships you have teams representing your province that you can get behind but in these events it's on the board it's you know it's team jones it's team tiranzoni and it's it's you don't feel a natural attachment if you're new to this the game the same way if you turn on the national championship and you're like oh saskatchewan's playing i'm from saskatchewan so you're right this can bring people to the sport and it's gotten a lot of attention not only with the the people who are playing you were in the wall street journal scott (laughs) yeah so (laughs) That that was cool. I I had Joe. You know, I I have not a lot of people care about what I post on Twitter unless it's about fantasy curling. But <laughs> I I you know before I did this whole thing, I was at those nationals and I was tweeting like, hey, this is amazing. Um, I've had two beers. I'm watching curling and I could not be having a better time. And you know when I was you know I started joking about like. I'm going to find fantasy curling because I, you know, I thought it might be out there. I was ready to dig for it <clears throat> after I, after doing that for you know a couple of tweets, this writer from the wall street journal messaged me and he goes, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about your fantasy curling league. And I said, hold on a sec. I have to try to invent it first. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, you know, I did, you know, I, you know, the whole origin story, we get, we got it going. Uh, and apparently it was the perfect timing he was he was pitching a piece about obscure fantasy sports and he had fantasy bird watching fantasy sumo uh you know his name is his name is ira and and he was awesome and 
you know, he had all these things and he was like, I want to talk about fantasy curling. And I was like, me too. Bear with me. I don't know much about curling, but I will absolutely, you know, share what I've tried to do, how it's going. Um, and it was, it was surreal. You know, I assumed that if it was on the front page of a weekend edition of the wall street journal, and I assumed if I ever got on the front page, it's because I accidentally wound up in some kind of international scandal. Uh, so, so this was, you know, this was a really pleasant uh, plot twist for me. And I, you know, I've probably peaked now. I have it cut out. <laughs> I have it cut out and framed on my hallway. I have an eight-year-old son, and he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. I'm not sure he really knows what curling is, but he knows like that that we have this little thing in our hallway of me framed. But it was. It was so cool and and it helped you know i think it helped build some interest and uh it kind of just goes to show that you know fantasy fantasy is fascinating to a lot of people uh and fantasy is is a way for people you know who who maybe don't play or maybe they you know maybe they do but you're a fan and just that that extra little bit of like that i don't know i keep talking about that thing to root for that you didn't have before to give you that extra excitement as it goes another thing to sort of drag your emotions up and down as as the games go by and yeah i, I still can't believe i'm in the wall street journal even though it's framed in my hallway but there it is <laughs> um, well one of the things i'm curious about since you've spent so much time in the fantasy world i mean scotty we we spent last season making picks of who we thought would win each week and and we ended up with what was it scotty like about a 50 ish percent success yeah rate? Ju- just around 50 percent. so you know we're pretty smart at curling and we did just as good as a monkey could really and for this i'm curious just in, in fantasy sports in general where is the the line between being lucky and having skill at it uh especially maybe in the daily fantasy stuff that this is modeled on so in the daily realm i know there's that you know there's skills there's people that can do projections and all that but like (laughs) you need a lot of both to win (laughs) and uh it doesn't really you you kind of need like if you think about it in the sense of like a like you need 100 points to win it doesn't matter how many you necessarily get from skill and how many you get from luck like if you get (laughs) if you have you get 99 points from luck and one point from skill you still can do it you know (laughs) and Lord knows I've run into that. You know, I've done fantasy football leagues with coworkers who they only picked players from like one team and it didn't matter because it was like the Patriots and they scored a thousand touchdowns and they won. Right. So uh, it, I know that like it, the, this game is still so early that it's hard to say, like, this is the strategy to go with. You know, some people I've talked to say, like, I think this is the way you want to do it. And if you look at the if you look at the pricing, for example, you'll see that. Um, there are outliers in pricing. Um, you know, on you know on the men's side, there's one team that's worth twelve thousand, which is considerably more than everyone else, and everything else is kind of tightly packed. On the women's side, there's like a tier of pricing at the top, and then there's kind of everybody else. And yeah. so I I know people are gonna make strategies out of that. Uh, and while I could pretend to do it, I don't know enough about the teams <laughs> to say that it's worth anything. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that that luck is you know sort of. I think everybody knows who the favorites are going into a tournament. You need to not only pick the one that does the best, but you need to pick the people that do the best that other people don't pick. I mean, that was the mm-hmm. big theme of Team Tiranzoni uh, in the Champions Cup was only picked by about, I think, 16% of the 260 people who played. Whereas, you know, some of the other favorites on the women's side were as picked as, you know, some of them were like 40% of teams owned them. I mean, Team Botcher went on the men's side. Uh, which, you know, that helped the people who picked Botcher a lot, but a lot of people picked Team Botcher. You know, they'd been performing well. They they were a popular team. And so picking them helped, but not as much as you'd think, uh, simply because everyone else was getting those points too. So you kind of have to have that – there's that blend of luck and skill again where I not only do I like this team, it turns out no one else – like I liked them and no one else did. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Well, for that, you know, how much it, it seems in looking at the prices, which I, I have up in front of me, it, it almost seems like they're and Scotty, correct me if I'm wrong here. They they look pretty in tune with the order of merit. Yeah, they look pretty, pretty close, you know, uh, and and that's a, a good way to get into how these prices were set. Scott, do you do you have that information for that? I mean, order of merit I, makes a lot of sense. You guys are on to something. Uh, that is that is a big that is a big part of how we uh, of how we developed 
that scoring um, because we, you know, we kind of we kind of did ourselves. It's based heavily on that, and then the rest of the dollar amounts really just come come from uh, you know starting like you know have a base. We have like a price floor so that no price can go lower than a certain amount mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But really, it is based on order of merit. So that's it's not like you're going to be able to find a <clears throat> you're not going to really be able to find like a a team homan for three thousand. Right. Because if they've been doing that, well, we're not going to let them be priced that low because the order of merit's going to force it up high. So that's really that's really where it all comes in. And we also had to try to, you know, create the right uh, like pricing scale to make it so that everyone can't just pick all three best teams on both sides and call it a day. You know, we Mm want to force one of the fun parts about this is forcing folks to pick teams that they're either not familiar with or that are definitely not favorites, Uh, because, again, Going back to giving people a reason to watch something, uh, I, I want people to to pick teams that maybe they didn't know about, so they get a chance to watch them. Maybe you accidentally become a fan, who knows? Uh, or maybe you just, you know, you were never going to watch it before, but hey, I picked Team Fujisawa, and I I want to see how it goes. And I wasn't going to watch them before, but I am now because I needed to save money. <laughs> <laughs> and, but hey, yeah. if that's if that's how it starts, that's beautiful. Right. And you'll never go wrong picking Team Fujisawa, even if they lose. They're they're good to have. They're fun. Always <laughs> smiling. Yeah, yeah. You want them on your team. Um, I, but, I'm gonna I'm gonna file that away because I I didn't yeah. know, but I was probably gonna pick them anyway because I love that name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a great picture uh, from the event uh, out there in I don't know where it is, somewhere in Alberta. Uh, the the event this weekend, they have shirts that says something like "Always be smiling." <laughs> that the four of them are wearing this weekend. Um, so in looking at the the prices though, one, one of the things that, that's interesting in, in forcing people off the top of the board is when you look at the bottom of the board for, for certainly for the masters, you have some pretty good teams that are lower than you might expect. I think the biggest one here is Brad Gushu, who, you know, two or one time world champion, Olympic gold medalist, uh, he's in the low half of prices here. So that feels like an outlier to me, Scott. Like, and I, I don't know, is, is there a mechanism that you guys have similar to like Vegas where, you know, the Cowboys odds are always shorted a little bit just because they know a lot of people are going to bet on the Cowboys. Uh, is it similar here that you, you, you take into account the quote unquote public teams? Uh, so I don't know if you've uh, been listening to the way I've been talking so far, but I am not I am not sophisticated enough to uh, <laughs> no. So um, it, we we run it pretty straightforward based on order of merit and then scaling. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, really, it's going to. For example, there were certain teams that, if I'm not mistaken, benefited quite a bit because they've simply played more uh, so far this season. So that helps them, you know, take in, you know in some ways like standing points and things like that. Right. So I think John Epping is the best example of that. Yeah. So we, yeah. we did not automatically adjust and that is sort of part of the fun of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, someone like me is going to say, Oh, they're priced more. They must be better. Uh, and while, you know, in some sense they are because that's where they are in the order of merit. Uh, I think people that are savvier, like you guys sound, uh, that is, you know, that's where you can sort of find the value. Another one is knowing about the price floor. So if three teams are priced at the bottom, that doesn't necessarily mean they're of the same order of merit. It just means that they, they didn't have like, you know, they could have very big differences in the number of points, but they're all below where the scale was because the other teams competing in the event uh, are so, you know, have so many more points that we're like, well, we had to bump them up <laughs> because we can't let someone cost, you know, a hundred or everyone would pick them. Yeah. And that's one of the things that happens with daily fantasy football, for example, is you find a player who at the beginning of the season, isn't maybe that well known, like say last year with Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure he didn't cost that much the first week of the season, but then as the season goes on and the teams get better or worse, you know, that their prices are going to adjust, which I think is also really interesting with this, that as the order of merit changes, you know, those prices can can go way up or down. Like, Sean, you mentioned Brad Gushu, but also Nicholas Adin, uh is about a yeah. third of the way down the page. So, uh, you know, th- this first event is a good way to like to gauge sort of, oh, OK, these players might come in, but then 
later in the year, you might see them at the top of the price list. And, and that's a great comparison to make in fantasy football purposes because one fun thing about playing DFS-style games where players are priced differently based on, uh, in some sense, recent performance, uh, a lot of the really fun and extreme values happen early in the season because we don't mm-hmm. know about this guy yet. Or we haven't seen it yet. Or, you know, like they're just off to a slow start. Whereas later in the season, things start to sort of, uh, you know, come together. You know, eventually they'll like cream rises to the top kind of thing. And, you know, there's only so long that a team like Adin is going to be ranked where they are in the order yeah. of merit uh, before they, you know, before history says they're going to push themselves up. But this is the time. You know, yeah. because we we have a smaller we have a smaller sample size to work from in terms of what's been accumulating points this year. So, like, this is a great time for the folks that that really want to test some strategies out. Now's the time, you know, because this is when you're going to find what's going to seem like curious pricing differences. Yeah, and and Scott, so last year when you ran this event, it was sort of run on a spreadsheet, as I remember. That's right. It was. And, yep. And yep, it was uh, like Google Sheet. Okay, and then this year uh, you've managed to get Curling Zone on board to host the game. Can you talk a little bit about uh, about them? Yeah, you know, once again, I was incredibly lucky uh, because, again, I, I had to learn what Curling Zone was uh, yeah. while I was doing all this because I asked them how they were going to get like the the scores and everything. It's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll get the scores from here. They're you know they're provided by Curling Zone. I was like, oh, they sound like they sound down the road like a cool like a cool way to get involved. Turns out that, that Jerry Gertz from curling zone is also into fantasy baseball. So, uh, mm. he, you know, he, he didn't really know about me cause I'm not that famous or important. Uh, but he, he, he knew about some of the sites I work for like pitcher list and, you know, he was like, Oh, so he kind of reached out to me and was just like, Hey, this thing looks pretty cool. Uh, just to kind of give me that, that, you know, to me, that was amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like people from curling care, like the, when you, when I heard that you guys were playing and, you know, two girls with a game played and all these other folks, I was like, Hey, this is really cool. Other people like this. So curling zone, uh, we, we met up, we basically met up at a baseball game and kind of just, you know, talked about what, you know, what we thought fancy curling was all about. And I, I am so thankful that he was just like, yeah, let's do it. I think it sounds neat. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, it's really just because it's all about finding something exciting about curling. Uh, I've learned a lot about like the state of curling from him, uh, because I went from knowing nothing to now knowing something. So it's a huge jump. And, uh, <laughs> he, you know, it's, it's really nice to have, you know, I, I have to thank, you know, they're not crazy about me giving their names out right now, but the two the two Canadians that that helped me uh, do you know do all the scoring and stuff. There was a lot of manual touching. They were they were going in after you know after each kind of round, updating all the scores by going in, you know reading the box scores, typing it in by hand, a couple you know a couple formulas, and boom, it came out in this leaderboard. And mm-hmm. I you know on one hand I really loved that everyone is able to kind of see what was going on as it happened, like after each round, post this you know this tell everyone the scoreboard's updated and people are jumping in like, did I, you know, did I go up? Did I go down? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and that's still going to be a feature. Uh, you can't see it yet, but you know, that's going to be a feature as we, you know, as we go in only now, uh, instead of having to type in the stats by hand, we're getting them straight from the source. We're getting them right from curling <laughs> zone. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to dump right in. So that's going to be they're I'm pretty sure they're going to be updated after each, you know, after each, after each game's done. And so that, you know, that is that is really cool. We're at a place that, you know, already has all the, the curling stuff. It adds a lot of legitimacy to something mm-hmm. that really needed it because it was an American with a spreadsheet and a Google form. And that's kind of like the lowest tier of legitimacy in curling I've learned. Uh, <laughs> so we've really taken a big step up and, and that's been that's been really great. Well, in, in addition to you know the, the podcasters who have all participated, have you heard from any of the players about this? Because I know a lot of the, the men's teams, at least, those guys, as they're together all the time on weekends during the football season, I know there's like fantasy football leagues within the players' circles and stuff, so they're not, they're not foreign to, to fantasy sports, but have they commented to you at all about being included now in the fantasy world? So once again, I have fallen into unbelievable luck. Uh, I did get reached out to by a player, and actually, uh, because I'm in the fantasy industry, uh, friends with fantasy benefits, one of the sites I, I work for, and their the founder creator Justin Mason, 
thinks that this whole thing is really cool. So he's giving uh, me a podcast to just kind of talk, you know, have these little short podcasts about curling. They can't be too long because I don't know enough, but <laughs> we're gonna have. Them. And my my first guest is actually gonna be Colin Hodgson. Uh, he hey. reached, yeah, he reached out to me on Twitter and was just like, hey, dude, I just think this is really cool, and uh, I'd love to help if I could. And I have to be real, I knew he was a curler because his picture was of a curler but <laughs> I, yeah, I i i didn't really know of him i look him up i find out he's like one of the most fascinating people i've ever <laughs> looked up yeah he's you know he's got this he's got this crazy hair he was in a calendar he was uh he's a like a trained chef he's got this apparel company and like he also curls so uh he you know he's gonna be my first guest and you know teams interacted with us as well as we were doing the whole thing and i just loved it you know in Baseball, you know, here in the States, we've got baseball players don't talk about fantasy, right? All they care about is I want my team to win. The way this is structured right now is all about teams. So wanting your team to win also means they're going to do well in fantasy, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. you can't have one without the other. Uh, if right. they don't win, they won't do well in fantasy. Whereas, you know, in, in you know, I love the idea of individual individual curlers, you know, being able to do all that stuff like you guys talked about. Um, I think. I definitely think there's going to be a place for that. I think there'll also be a place for the, the team-based one. And at least for the team-based one, you can't like have a pick, you know, you can't have a pick do well without them also winning. Whereas in like fantasy baseball, you can have a good player on a really bad team. Uh, like any, yeah. like any player from the Detroit Tigers, like that could theoretically <laughs> do well. Uh, I'm, I'm from Michigan. So like, I'm, I'm kind of going through that pain right now, but you can, you can have, you know, you can have a player that's doing well on a team that's doing poorly, but in the way we've got this structured right now, the team is either going to do well or they're not, you know, and that's also yeah. going to kind of, now you can score the, you know, teams can score points while they lose. Cause you, sco- you know, scoring is based on what happens, you know, it, you know, as the game's going and then also based on the results, so, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth. The team can lose and still score points, but they obviously score much more if they win. So yeah. that's that's really cool. And I, I don't know if that ha- how much that has to do with the fact that a player has reached out to me, but I do think it is absolutely the coolest thing ever. I love like that part of the interaction is really fun, too. Like the curlers I found are, are really cool about interacting with fans uh, and and talking to folks. And I, I've noticed a lot of very passionate curling fans uh, about like particular players or particular uh, teams. And so like I'm hoping this is just another way for people to interact with the people that they're watching on the screen uh, or, you know, or at or like on the ice you know, in a way to say like, Hey, I really hope you do well. You're also on my fantasy team. And, (laughs) and I know, and like you said, a lot of these curlers probably like either play fantasy sports, know about fantasy sports, or at least like watching other sports. Uh, just, I mean, just by, you know, sort of mildly stalking Colin Hodgins Twitter for things to talk about. Uh, I noticed he, he talks about baseball sometimes like, thank God. That's like one of the things I can actually talk about. (laughs) Uh, so like it, it, you know, for me, it's almost like it'd be there's probably a lot of guys that are like, oh, yeah, I play, you know, I play fantasy football. <clears throat> and wouldn't it be cool? Like they're now in the position where I pick players for fantasy football and other people pick me, you know, like, yeah. like, I mean, I'm I'm almost certainly going to pick um, a team McEwen for uh, for the tournament because, like, I can't have Colin on and then not pick him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so but like, I mean, that's the thing we're, we're, we get to pick them now. And I, I have a feeling, you know, especially with, you know, the the way that curlers are is, I can tell are starting to get more into the social media game like I, I just feel like that's going to be a really a really natural sort of connection between fans and curlers uh, and this is just another way to talk to them. Well, if you're ca- talking to Colin Hodgson though, I mean Mike McEwen, that team is the second cheapest on the board. You might have some explaining to do on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, it's just it's just the numbers. They just crunch that way. Uh, but I do. I mean, they're the second cheapest team, but they also. I mean, they very recently won. You know, they they won a tournament. Like, hey, why yes. not? And also because he's going to be on the show, and I, I don't know how I'd answer him if he asked me if I picked them and said no. <laughs> right, yeah, that that would be that would be kind of tough. I would say. Yeah. The one guy to reach out to me and be like, hey, I wanna I wanna you know like contribute. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not picking him though. <laughs> Yeah, because, Scotty, what I was thinking when Scott was talking there is, you know, with baseball, you mentioned the Tigers, but I was also thinking like Mike Trout, right? Like, there's not a situation in curling where the best player is not going to be on a good team. So having it 
joined with team wins and team success, Scotty, it seems a more natural fit than baseball, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it makes the most sense in the world, right? That uh, curling's the ultimate team game. That uh, the fantasy should be geared towards the team as well. Uh, and and you, you mentioned a little bit, Scott, the scoring. From what I remember, there's points for stealing ends. There's points for the number of points you score, and then also for wins. So wins are weighted a lot more than the other things. But there's ways, like you mentioned, there's ways to score points even if you don't win the game. So lots of fun. Lots of fun. And I, I got it. I got to be honest. I'm just. I'm really glad that like you guys enjoy it. That was like sort of my first test. Because again, I prepared this thinking a bunch of other people who don't know about curling were gonna play. Uh, so when yeah, yeah. when people who did know about curling started playing, I was like kind of at the edge of my seat. Like God, I hope they don't think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't. And I am. You know, I'm so thankful that you know, like. Like you guys and everyone else has been so like open to to talking with me or to just interacting with the game and, and playing and being willing to talk about it. like I I I learned about curling basically in like April <laughs> and 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 here I am right I'm I'm on a I'm on a real curling podcast uh, trying trying not to talk about curling <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah. But, fantasy, but fantasy curling, I totally can. And well, uh, well, like, that's so surreal to me. Well, Scott, you notice we haven't mentioned uh, how we did in the first one. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, yep. uh, we were letting everybody else do well. We didn't want to take all the glory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that is yeah. that is that classic Canadian kindness <laughs> that I've heard so much about. Oh well, thanks yeah. very much. <laughs> that's just that's just what we do. Uh, but but Scott, I I got to be honest. I think this is coming into at the the absolute right time because not only is curling zone really the place to go for for scores and stuff, but what Jerry and and other people are doing by bringing in analytics more and more into curling and and doing deeper dives into the numbers in terms of what is significant to winning a curling game. This really feeds into a wider trend in the sport, I think. I, I know it's not getting into the weeds and deep analytics in the same way, but it fits the, that trend, I think, that people want to get into the game more. It's not just turning it on when it's on and, and saying, oh, that that was a fun game. Like They want to know more about it, and I think this is coming along at the perfect time where fans are getting more invested and are more into it. So I, I really think that the partnership with curling zone makes a lot of sense for a variety of reasons, not least of which is the push towards analytics within the sport. And that's, that's so fascinating to me. Cause again, uh, I, I barely knew about curling. I certainly didn't know about curling analytics, right? Like I didn't right. know anything about that. And, you know, fantasy baseball really takes off when, uh, baseball analytics start popping up mm -hmm. when teams start talking about on base percentage, uh, slugging percentage, things like that. And then people get even more into fantasy baseball. And I think you're exactly right. That, that the fact that I sort of stumbled into this good timing is very fortunate because while right now there aren't really a lot of curling analytics that directly impact scoring, uh, I think the people that want to play this and, and play this, you know, really competitively with like their friends or maybe their local curling club, uh, a one way to set yourself apart is finding ways to use those analytics to identify maybe teams that aren't being valued properly based on the order of merit or teams that are, you know, that are playing really, or, you know, they're, they're playing really well, making really good shots, but just not getting the outcomes that would push them up in the order of merit standings. So there's good, you know. I am really excited to find ways to to turn these analytics into fantasy analysis for for fantasy curling. I again can't do it yet. Not nearly smart enough. Don't know enough about curling. But there's definitely, I think, an opportunity there. Uh, not only to for analytics to help curling in general, but analytics and fantasy curling because analytics and fantasy sports are sort of like the ultimate couple in terms of how we do these things, how, how people can make an extra edge. Uh, and I, I just think it's absolutely fascinating. I love, I, I was just at this baseball conference that was all about analytics and the fact that I could talk about curling analytics just made a lot of people's like brains explode. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just so thrilled to learn more about how they work um, and how they might be able to be parlayed into like, Hey, 
this, you know, there's, you know, there's some really good efficiency happening here, or, you know, they're, they're doing really well. It's just, I mean, they're just missing here or they're, uh, or like, wow, this team's doing really well. But if you look at how they're doing it, it doesn't seem sustainable. Let's talk about right. that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of conversation that is just natural in fantasy baseball, fantasy football, fantasy hockey. And I am really excited to try to find ways to bring that into this game as well. Yeah, and I think too with the the rule changes that have come into place with the five rock rule instead of four rock, we saw last year some different strategies in game emerge from that. If they eventually go to eight ends all the time in all the events, as opposed to the the ten in the the national international events, that will change strategies as well. So a lot of these things will not only help us as fans and and the engagement as you were talking about, but I think the teams too. They're searching for this information uh, to be successful out there every week yeah big time sean big time yeah so 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 uh scotty you've made your picks right oh my picks are in yes okay so do you want to reveal them well no because then people could uh copy me and i wouldn't win (laughs) but uh but but scott why don't you tell people how they can register and get their picks in and all that stuff in time for this weekend yeah absolutely so uh, what you do is you um, you can either you first that you can follow me on Twitter and I won't stop talking to you about it. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's if the chew fits. So if the chew C H U fits, uh, that's my Great handle name. there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I I love puns. So everyone that does register, I want your worst curling jokes. In fact, I need them. <laughs> I need them as part of my life. Uh, so please get them in there. Uh, but yeah, so you can. Uh, you can follow me there, uh, and I have a link that might save you a click or two uh, as you're trying to do this. Otherwise, if you go to Curling Zone, there's a banner right there on the front uh, that says Fantasy Curling Salary Cap Game. Try to skip the part where it calls me a fantasy sports guru because, like, that board you – know, so part of my background is an attorney, <laughs> and that borders right on false advertising. That is that is right on the line. So, like, don't sue us, but uh, otherwise uh, – <laughs> There's a link right on the banner. You click it there. You will need to register with Curling Zone. Um, I can give you a quick pro tip. You don't need to wait for the email back. Uh, it's going to give you a prompt. That, so after you register, it's going to give you this prompt that says, you know, we have an email coming out to confirm. Actually, once you fill in the information, you, know, you got to do the CAPTCHA codes. Uh, all we, you know, you can fill in the required fields. You can fill in more if you want. Uh, the required fields mainly email address. Um, you go in, you register, then you can jump back to the fantasy curling page, pick your team. We've got it set up this year so that um, it will help you do your math. So if you pick some teams, it'll kind of block out the teams that you can no longer afford, which is you know a really nice feature. We didn't have that last mm-hmm. time, so I had to do a lot of math. And I went to law school, <laughs> not math school. So that was that was a bit of a that was a bit of a challenge. But so that'll all be there. You can submit your picks. If you ever want to go back, just log back in. Uh, into curling zone and go back to that page and you can update your picks as things go. If you hear that, you know, if you hear some news about a team who maybe one of, you know, maybe their lead's not going to be there. Uh, you know, you want to go back and change your picks. You can definitely do that. So, um, go on in, make your picks. And then all you got to do from there is wait, uh, one, you know, we'll, we'll get the scores going once the, once the event begins, but otherwise that's all you got to do. Right on. And, and the deadline for registering would be that first game just before uh, that first game we 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 don't have like an exact time at this point it's going to be at probably as close as we can get to the official start time it'll be sometime hopefully during that day uh mm-hmm. when you know the day that games begins it's really i think it's just a flip that they have to switch over there at, at curling zone i'm not a i'm not a coding guy yeah. either i have no idea why i'm involved in this other than i accidentally made it because uh, i <laughs> i am not I am basically just like a loud voice box. <laughs> I'm not like helping a lot of like the important stuff, but uh, you know, a loud voice box is something I can be. So yeah, it's going to probably cut off sometime very close to the start, but don't count on being able to do it right before it starts. You might just be stuck mm-hmm. with what you got. So uh, yeah, so you know, keep an eye on it. But otherwise, yeah, that's that's it. You just go in, register, then go back and actually make your picks, and you're good. You're ready to go, and there will be no. You don't have to do any management. You know, unlike fantasy football, or fantasy sports, there's no, there's no management. You're not locked into this team for every Grand Slam event. We're going to run each one individually. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have any have any cool prizes yet. 
Uh, I haven't really picked them out. There's at least going to be a plaque for the winner because I feel like you can't hey. you, you can't you can't fancy without a trophy, right? Like you got to have something. <laughs> somebody gets. We had I mean we had a we had a winner last time. I I sent them a plaque. Um, it, it's a little annoying because it's international shipping. I kind of should have assumed that a Canadian um. was going to win. Uh, <laughs> so I I you know, I, I should have planned for the shipping there. But otherwise, yeah. So we'll we'll have. You know, we're uh, we're going to ha- try to have something for the winner because you don't want to win fantasy and just have bragging rights, although that's probably the most important part internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fulfillment you get by being better than everybody, uh, at least for a day, you know. So yes. so but other than that, yeah, we're I'm really excited for people to play. If you have any sort of issues, you want to leave any sort of feedback about it. Please reach out to me however you want. Uh, you can leave comments at you know, with Curling Zone on Facebook or however else you interact with them on, you know, maybe on Twitter, you can reach out directly to me. I want to know how this is going. Really, the goal is by the end of this season to have a really nice, crisp, clean product for people to play. And so some of this is still sort of beta testing, right? This is the second ever fantasy curling thing. (laughs) And it's the first time with a new partner of Curling Zone. So Mm. I want your feedback. I want to know how it goes. don't feel like your voice isn't important enough. Please tell me. Uh, I want this game to be as accessible to as many people as possible. So reach out to me. Tell me what you liked, what you don't like. Uh, I, I'm good with all of that. I want to know it. Well, if I don't win, then it's broken. That, oh yeah, that. yeah. Let, let me let me write that let me write that yeah. down right now. I'll, I'll I'll put it up here on my on my computer and then I'll throw it away when we when we have the call. Um, uh, so the Masters kicks off next week, uh, next Tuesday night, October the 22nd. Uh, first game's at 7 p.m., so at some point before then, uh, head over to Curling Zone. It's it's live now. You can already go in and make your picks. So go in and, and do that before the event uh, starts. And, Scott, what's the name of the podcast you're going to do? Uh, I don't have an... Uh... I don't have like an official name yet. We're we're at Friends with Fancy Benefits. We're sort of renaming some stuff. But if you look up Friends with Fancy Benefits, we have a hockey podcast, and it's going to kind of get merged with that. Uh, so it'll be Friends with Fancy Benefits, hockey, or, or something to that effect. I will be blasting it everywhere when I when I have an official <laughs> when I have an official name. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be. I I'm hoping to do that that interview on Wednesday. So it's coming out this week, and I am unbelievably excited and actually really nervous because like i've never really talked to like any pro athlete (laughs) (laughs) and and so like i'm talking to one and i'm really excited about it but i i i know very little about his sport so i gotta try and like not to look like a complete idiot uh and there's only so much of that i can control because i am sort of a complete idiot so (laughs) it's it's gonna be a balance i'm sure it'll be great uh like you said the curlers are all pretty chill people they're all pretty they're all pretty really pretty nice and and good people so i I don't think you have any problems with it oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) no he's been he's been so nice this whole time so like i know he's not going to let me feel like an idiot even if i am so that's you know that's that's been really that that's really fortunate for me well, I, I'm thrilled that it's back. I was thrilled when it came out last year, and I'm, I'm very excited to play. Again, Scotty, this is another way that you and I can compete with each other in addition to our, our picks that we're going to do on the show, too. We have fantasy to be a tiebreaker almost. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to come up with some, uh, some sort of wager for this one. Yeah, we'll, we'll ruminate on that this week, and when we come back next week with the show, we'll figure out what the wager will be. Love it. Yeah, so uh, Scott Chu, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you for inventing this. Oh, I I could not, you know, I am so thankful you guys had me. Like, it's even amazing to me that you guys have heard of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, the fact that I'm here is is really awesome. Uh, I was, I actually, when when we did the tournament last year, I got really excited because an entry came in almost right away that said Game of Stones. I was like, oh, that's one of the podcasts. Only to find out like a week later that was just someone else who thought of the right. same <laughs> same name. So I, yeah. I was I was excited to hear you guys did end up signing up. But uh, I this is again I keep saying it this is a very surreal experience to me. I'm so thankful <laughs> you guys are are into it. Uh, and if you guys have any complaints besides like losing, please <laughs> <laughs> please bring them to me. We will. And you know I. I you know, if this doesn't end up with a Vic Router essay, video essay in the middle of the Continental Cup or something, Scotty, I, I would be surprised. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I think that would be sort of reaching the pinnacle would be when Fantasy Curling gets a, a Vic Router uh, montage. 
Yes. That that's <laughs> when we know that this has arrived fully when it gets that the uh the stamp of approval from the Godfather. Uh, that is Vic Router. Or we know it's time for Vic to retire then. Yeah. <laughs> One of those things. So, uh, so everybody head over to Curling Zone, get your picks in before October the 22nd and participate in this. And as Scott says, let them know of any issues you may have with it, uh, things, ways to improve it, because this is going to be a lot of fun uh, and to go, go through the season with this, especially next year, uh, it we're going to be coming up or excuse me two years from now we're coming up to the olympics too so if we can sort of push this thing forward once we get to the olympics fantasy olympic curling that would be a the, that would be amazing that is coming even if no one wants to help me get there <laughs> <laughs> I, I will drag fantasy curling into the olympics kicking and screaming if i have to that that's going to be awesome so uh so everyone head over and uh check it out and check out scott's podcast when it comes out uh, and follow him on Twitter. Scott, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, guys. This was a blast. And, uh, Scotty, yeah. now, we have, uh, now we have this uh, other way to see who's the best curling mind. We do. And so, I think I'm going to crush you. Yeah, but you made your picks too far in advance, I think. I, I, I can really break down the info from this week uh, with the info. You know, Scott there mentioned he's going to pick uh, Fujisawa. She made the, the semifinals this weekend, so... Uh, you know, a lot, uh, a lot of information still to mine. So I will be doing that this week, uh, as Scott, you are sitting on your picks, and, and that's okay. So uh, if you have any questions or comments for the show, you want to tell us your picks for fantasy curling, please do hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. You can always email the show Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Scotty, you can find them at Scott Lakes TV. I am at Doctor Shawnee Fever, and if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show. Give us the likes, ratings, all that stuff. Keeps the show going, spreads the news of what's going on in the world of curling. Definitely helps us out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, register for Fantasy Curling and keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.